Okay, good morning everyone. Um, good to be back, although I'm not fully back because I'm in isolation, as you many of you know. Um, at home, Baruch Hashem, I made it back on time from South Africa. Um, but was re- the rules came out on Shabbos that we need those who've been in South Africa for the last 14 days have to isolate for 14 days. So I'm at home, spending Hanukkah at home. But at least we can still give a share and we can still learn together. So here we are. So today's share is on Hanukkah. Um, and just by way of introduction, I, I mean, every Yontif is like that, but Hanukkah is particularly relevant and particularly special. And I just want to share with you in that context a thought from the Barditshev Rebbe, the Kedushas Levi, Belevitzchak Barditshev who comments on a famous phrase in the bracha that we make when we make when we bench Hanukkah candles. So you know, when we bench Hanukkah candles, we make, uh, well, the first night we make three brachas, but then the other night we make two brachas. The first one is the bracha on the mitzvah, shereke dushonim l'hadlik ne'er Hanukkah. And the second one is we do this for on, on Purim as well, and other times we say, we bless Hashem, she'osa nisim la'avoyseinu, that Hashem, Performed miracles for our forefathers by Yomim Hoheim in those days, in time, in those times, in other words, Bizman Bizman Hazeh at this time. And the famous, um, the famous analysis on this phrase is: What does it mean in those times at this time? Like, it's, is it now or is it then? And the simple pshat, of course, is that Hashem performed miracles by Yomim Hoheim in those days. But Bizman Hazeh, at this time of the calendar. But of course it's much deeper than that, and as the Mephoshim point out, it means that the miracle is happening each year, and the energy and the revelation of Hanukkah happens each year. And the way the Baditshev Rebbe explains it in, is in the following way. He says, he comments on the famous Gemara. The famous Gemara that says, it's called My Hanukkah. What is Hanukkah? And the Gemara over there goes through the miracle of the oil. And they came back to the base of Migdash, they didn't have enough oil, and the jug that was supposed to last only one day lasted for eight days, and so on and so forth. And they had that miracle, and then the Gemara says, Lashono Acheres, the next year, the next year, the rabbis instituted the festival of Hanukkah as a Yontif. Lashono Acheres Kovum, the next year they affixed these days as days of Yontif, days of praise to Hashem, and so on. And the obvious question is, why the next year? Says the Gedusha Slavi the following. Because we need to ask ourselves a question. There were many miracles that happened throughout Jewish history. For example, the Jewish people went out into a war against the Philistines, read by Sisra and Devoira, and it was a miraculous victory, and they won the war. Sancheirev, um, the king of Assyria, a famous miracle, it came Pesach time and he threatened the Holy Rishalayim and honestly if he would have walked into Jerusalem the next day, everything would have been ended he was much more mighty than the rest of the Rishalayim and he could have wiped out the whole Jewish nation, destroyed the base of Migdash the whole business and miraculously Hashem sent the Malach and killed most of the army and so on and yet we don't find festivals affixed for these miracles and he says the following he says like this, he says that every miracle that happened in the, to the Jewish nation throughout times, 
Every miracle came together with a very strong and powerful divine revelation. That's what a miracle is. A miracle is not just a miracle that Hashem does to save the people. A miracle is a revelation of Hashem at the highest level. So Hashem reveals Himself through the miracle and saves the Jewish people, but there's this amazing gilui, there's this amazing revelation that is revealed at the time of the miracle. Chazal, our rabbis, would not affix, would not institute a yontif to remember the miracle unless, unless that energy, that power, that revelation happens again the next year. And what the Baditshiva Rebbe says is that with some miracles, when it came the year later, they saw that they don't have the koyach, they don't have the power to ensure that this revelation that was revealed the first time of the miracle should be revealed the year after and the year after. In which case, they didn't make it, they didn't make it into a yontif. Because as we know, as we've said many, many times, in Jewish history, we do not, we do not remember miracles. We re-experience them. We, don't, we do not remember the things that happened at a yontif. We re-experience them and we tap into the, the great gilu, the great revelation that happened at the time of the miracle. And if it doesn't happen the next year, then we don't make a yontif. Says the Badishva, that's what it means that the Gemara says that the miracle of Hanukkah happened, Lashana Acheres, the next year, the next year when the Chazal saw that the revelation of Hanukkah, the power of Hanukkah, the depth of Hanukkah is being revealed once again, they made it into a yontif. They waited. They waited to see what's going to happen. And therefore, that's why they made it Lashon HaAcheres. On that, on that basis, he explains, this is the depth of the bracha, that we bless Hashem when we light the kind of candles, we say, nisim Hashem performed miracles to our forefathers by Yomim Oheim in, in those times, but Bizman Hazeh and now. Bizman Hazeh means at this time. The miracle is re-happening. The power of Hanukkah is re-happening. The ruchnis, the spirituality of Hanukkah is re-happening every time we observe the Yontev and every time we light the Hanukkah candles. So let's just understand how powerful the Yontev of Hanukkah is because that revelation when it comes to Hanukkah is extremely deep, as maybe we'll talk about it towards the end. It's extremely spiritual. It's extremely divine. And therefore, since the fact that it happens every year again, creates a context, creates a reminder of how powerful the festival of Hanukkah is in fact. So, there are so many ways to bring out the lessons of Hanukkah and so many ways to bring out the power of Hanukkah. And for today I'm going to share with you an idea that brings it out in a particular context, in a particular way. And it's got to do, I'm going to start with the prayer, the special prayer that we say on Hanukkah. So Hanukkah has many components. So, of course we've got the mitzvah of lighting the candles. We've got the mitzvah of the daily recital of Hallel. In Hanukkah, we're supposed to say Hallel every, every day. And also, of course, we've got the paragraph that we thank Hashem for the miracles, right? Um, each day of Hanukkah, which we insert into benching and into the Amidah. It's called the Alanisim. We do this on Hanukkah, we do this on Purim. It starts with the paragraph, Alanisim, Alapurka, on the miracles and the redemption that Hashem performed for us. And then we tell the story. Um, and we and we and we uh, uh, and we have a specific paragraph for Hanukkah and a specific paragraph for Purim. Now, 
The paragraph that we read in Allah Nisim focuses more on the military miracles. We know Hanukkah has two miracles. There's the military miracle that Hashmanaim the Maccabim fought against the Greeks, the Syrians, where they won the war miraculously, and it was the many in the, in the hands of the few and, and the mighty in the hands of the weak, and so on and so forth. Right? And then, of course, there's the other miracle, miracle of the candles. So let's read through. I'm going to share the screen. And I'm going to read through the Allah Nisim. It's a beautiful prayer. Let's read it through, make sure we understand it. And then we're going to ask a particular question, a famous question on Allah Nisim, which we're going to then explore. So let's do this. Okay, there we are. Okay. So we say the following. We'll read through the whole thing because it's just very beautiful. And then we'll ask the question on the particular phrase that's highlighted here towards the bottom. We say, in the days of Matisio, who was the son of Yochanan the Kohen Godel, the Chashmanaya and his children, when the wicked Greek sovereignty government stood up, the wicked one, against your nation, the Jewish people, and why did they stand up? What did they want to do? They wanted to make them forget your Torah, and, and take them away from the statutes of your will, in other words, from the mitzvahs, particularly the mitzvahs which are called chukim, those special mitzvahs which we keep just because Hashem told us to. And therefore, and you in Hashem, in your great mercy, you stood by them in the time of their trouble. Rafto Esrivam, you fought, you, um, you, Fought their quarrel, Danto Estinam, you judged their judgment, Nakamtas Ning Muslim, you avenged their revenge. Masartigi Boyrim Yat Khaloshim, you gave strong in the hand of the weak, Rabbi Miyabatim, and many in the hands of the few, Butmeim Biat Horim, and the impure in the hands of the pure, or Shoyim Biat Oiske Serasecha, the wicked, the evil people in the, in, the, in, the, in the hands of the righteous, Zaydim Yat Oiske Serasecha, and the fools, and the evil ones in the hands of those that learn Torah. Well, therefore, we say to Hashem, Sisashem Godl, the Kodosh Belamecha. And for yourself, you made a tremendous name and a holy name in your entire universe. So the Amcha Yisrael and to your nation, to the Jewish people, you incredibly created this amazing redemption at this time. And then what happened is, and then your children came after the war was finished. So the first part talk, talks about the war. Then, afterwards, your children came to your holy house. Right, that's the Beis Hamikdash. Ufinu and they cleaned out your sanctuary. V'tiharu, because it was full of impure stuff. V'tiharu es Mikdashecha, and they purified your temple. V'hidliku neiros pechatzros kachecha, and they kindled candles in the holy courtyards, which, assumingly, is referring to the miracle of the menorah, the candles. And they fixed the eight days of this Hanukkah to thank, to praise to your great name. Okay. That's the Alanisim in a nutshell. The famous question is that last phrase They lit candles in the courtyards of your, your holy place, your holy courtyards. We know that the base Samigdosh was divided into different places. There was the outer courtyard. There were many courtyards, actually. There was the place called the Ezra's Noshim, that was the first courtyard. Then there was the Ezra's Yisrael, which is the inner courtyard where the Mizbeach was, the altar. Then there was the Heichel. The Heichel was the inside of the building of the base Samigdosh, which in itself had two parts. It had the Kodesh and the Kodesh HaKadoshim. 
place which was called Holy and the place which was called Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies had the Ora and the Ark, whereas the Heichal itself, the Kodesh, the place which was called Holy, housed the three inner vessels, which was called the Menorah, the candelabra, the small altar, the Mizveh HaKatoris, the incense altar, and the Shulchan, the table, which had on it the showbread. So the Menorah was inside, and every single afternoon, this was a day in and day out for the whole year, a Kohen, doesn't have to be the Kohen God necessarily, but the Kohen would come into the inner part of the Beis HaMegdosh, the Kodesh, and he would light the Menorah every single afternoon. That's the way, that's the, way the mitzvah of the Menorah lighting was done in the Beis HaMegdosh, right? So here when it comes Chanukah, and they return to the Beis HaMegdosh, they want to once again fulfill the mitzvah of lighting the candle. Okay, so they restore the Beis HaMegdosh, they clean it out, and they're going to light the candle. But where is the Menorah? The Menorah is not in the courtyard. The Menorah is inside. The Menorah has to be lit by a Koyan who can go inside the Kodesh because, by the way, inside the Kodesh no one else could go other than a Koyan. And the Menorah was lit every afternoon there by a Koyan, but it was lit in the Kodesh. It was not lit. It was not lit in the courtyards, in your holy courtyards. So how come in the Alan Nisim, when we talk about the Yidin coming back to the Besamikdosh and lighting the Menorah, does it say Vihidliku Neiros they lit candles, Bechatsrois Kotchecho in your holy courtyards? The Menorah was not lit in your holy courtyards. That's the famous question on Alan Nisim. So let's first explore the answer of the Hassam Sofer. The Hassam Sofer, a very famous Hungarian sage, lived a couple of hundred years ago. And he answers the following. He says, no. First of all, we know there's a precedent from the Rambam that there is a scenario where the menorah could be lit in the courtyard, even though the place of the menorah is actually in the Kodesh, in the holy part of the base of Mikdash, in the inside sanctuary. But there is a scenario where the menorah is lit outside in the courtyard. How so? How do we know this? Because the Rambam bling, brings the, 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 the halacha. Just by way of preface, normally there are many, many rituals in the Beis HaMegdosh, many, many rituals. The general rule is that all the rituals, all the items of Avodah, which were done in the Beis HaMegdosh, needed to be done by a Kohen, with a couple of exceptions. One of the exceptions, one of the rare exceptions is, that to kindle the menorah, kashera bazar. It is kosher with a non-koyen. A non-koyen could also light the menorah for the mitzvah of lighting the menorah each day in the base of Megdash. So that we know, that's what the Ramah says. Now, the obvious problem is that if the koyen prepares the menorah as was done in the base of Megdash and it's ready to light, and for whatever reason that particular day we want the menorah to be lit by a non-koyen. How are we going to do that? A non-koyen cannot enter the heichal. A non-koyen, maybe he can light the menorah, but he's not going to, how's he going to get there? He can't come into the koydish, he can't come into the inner part of the Beis HaMikdash. So the answer is, says Rav Samsoifer, obviously if there's ever a time where for whatever reason we want a non-koyen to light the menorah, we would take the menorah outside into the courtyard, let the non-koyen kindle the menorah, and then take it back into the Kodesh. In other words, what the Hassam Sofer is saying, 
by the very fact that we have a halacha, by the very fact that we have a halacha, that a non-koyen could kindle the menorah, it follows, or it must follow, that theoretically it is okay to light the menorah in the courtyard. Now, that just establishes part one of this foundation, that the menorah theoretically could be lit in the courtyard and then returned to the inside. But why would you specifically want to do that? So says the Chassam Soifer, in the time of the Beisam, in the time of the Hanukkah story, when they came back, right? When they came back, the Beisam Mikdash was filled with gilulim, was filled with items of pagan worship. Therefore, that day, although they wanted to right away start the mitzvah of lighting the candelabra every day, they did not want to do it inside the sanctuary because the sanctuary was full of stuff that is impure, full of gilulim, full of items of pagan worship. And therefore, because we have just established that it is kosher to light the menorah in the courtyard, probably what happened, says the Chassam Sofer, is they took the menorah out into the courtyard, away from the items of pagan worship, lit the menorah in the courtyard, and then returned it to the sanctuary. That's the some sort of explanation of why at the end of Alanisim it says Hidliku Neirois Bachatsuris Kachacha they let the, the they let the menorah in the holy courtyards. Okay. That's the Khsam Soifer's answer. Now there are a number of problems with this answer which need to be understood and explored. First of all, why would it say then Bachatsrois Kachacha in your holy courtyards in the plural? Assuming that we're talking about just the one courtyard, the Ezra Sisra, the one just before the sanctuary. So why would it use Chatzrois in the plural? Second of all, if you look at the Alanisim carefully, let's go back to this line of here, the Achakach. It says they came to your sanctuary, they cleaned out your sanctuary, they purified the base of Miglosh, and then they lit the menorah. So assumingly, by the time they got to the menorah's lighting, there was no more pagan worship items that already cleaned the menorah. If we take the order of the Alanisim literally. So that's an interesting concept. Now, that in itself needs to be understood. I'll tell you why. Because it all depends how much time they have. You see, there's a big machlekes, there's a big uh, dispute of when the military miracle actually happened. You know, one of the reasons we call Hanukkah Hanukkah, as we know, is because it comes from two, two words, Chonu Chofhei, they rested on the 25th. Why? Because according to many opinions, the war was won on the 24th of Kislev, Erev Hanukkah, they then rushed to the base of Migdosh, restored the base of Migdosh, and by the time the 25th came, they were ready to light the menorah. If that's the case, if that's the case, then it strengthens the question of why there should be any pagan worship items left. Because assuming that they would have come Erev Hanukkah, they would have lit, they would have rushed back from the war, got there ready on the 24th, got to work very quickly on restoring the Beis Amikdosh and the Mizbech and cleaning it all out, purifying it, and then they'll be ready by the 23rd to light the menorah. In which case there'll be no reason why they cannot light the menorah inside. It doesn't have to be in the courtyard. However, to, to be honest with this, of course, it's not so simple. Because the Rambam doesn't hold like that. The Rambam maintains they won the war on the 25th. Right? See, incidentally, this, this is a question whether Hanukkah is the same like Purim or not. Purim, we know that the miracle of the war happened the day before Purim, and they rested on Purim, they celebrated victory on Purim. 
Right, so Purim is the day after the, the, the victory. So Hanukkah, we also normally understand like that, which is why according to some we call it Hanukkah, they rested on the 25th, they already won the war on the 24th, but the Ramah holds not like that, the Ramah holds that Hanukkah actually the war was won on the 25th. In which case, there wouldn't be a lot of time to rush back to David Samigdosh, and according to the Rambam, perhaps we can entertain what the Hassam Sofer is saying, that they would not, would not have had time to properly clean out the base Samigdash from all the pagan worship items, and therefore maybe they had to light the menorah before they cleaned them, the which would make sense according to the Rambam. The only problem is it, wouldn't, it doesn't fit well with the order of the Alanisim, where it says they came to your base Samigdash and they cleaned the Heichal, and, and then they lit the menorah. So that's just an interesting analysis to be had on the Hassam Sofer's explanation. But that's one, the, the one idea. I'll just share with you one other little a spiritual slanted this from the Belzer of Rabbi Sochor Doivmi Belzer he one of the great Belzer Rebbes who lived in Galicia and he says no it's actually, it actually has a bit of a, a spiritual connotation he says obviously they lit the menorah inside the Beis Amikdash and it was done by a Kohen but the Belzer Rav quotes a he quotes a Gemara a Gemara in Yuma which says the Gemara there is discussing a whole story about the Kohen Godel in the second base of Migdosh, which we know the Kohanim Gedolim weren't always so unbelievably uh, great, because there was a time of the Sadducees and so on and so forth. Some of the Kohanim Gedolim, some of the high priests were ignorant. And the Gemara discusses a time when there was a Kohen Godel, and together with the Kohen Godel, there was also the two heads of the Sanhedrin. The two heads of the Sanhedrin were Shemaya and Aftalian. Now Shemaya and Aftalian were not only were they not Kohanim Gedolim, not only were they not Kohanim, but in fact, they were converts. So they had converted to Judaism. So of course, Shmai and Aftalian were not eligible to be a Kohen Godel at all. Right? At the same time, Shmai and Aftalian were great tzaddikim, were amazing tzaddikim. They were the Av Beistin and the Rosh Beistin and so on, and they were, they were tremendous. They were mentioned, they mentioned in Pirkovis, right? The tzaddikim were there. And the Gemara over there says a certain phrase, that seems to suggest that the Koyan Godel, although he was a Koyan, although he came from pure descent, so to speak, came from Aaron Koyan, but the Koyan Godel was only able to do his work inside the inner sanctuary of the Beis Amikdosh, in the Kodesh HaKadoshim on Yom Kippur, in the Schus of Shmaya and Aftalyan, which were not able to go into the inside of the Beis Amigdash. They were only able to be in the Azorah, in the courtyard. But nevertheless, in the courtyard, they gave the Koyach, they gave the strength to the Kohen Godel to do his service inside. Says the, says the, uh, says the Belzerov, this is actually hinted in a Zoyar. The Zoyar says when the Kohen Godel would go into the Beis Amigdash on Yom Kippur, he, uh, he, he would, he would, only be able to do it because he was surrounded by the people on the outside. In other words, he was carried by the Kalyistral that would stand on the outside. Says the Belzerov, this is what it means. Of course, when they came to the Beis Amigdosh, of course, when they came to the Beis Amigdosh after the military war, of course, they lit the menorah inside. But how did they light the menorah inside? What gave them the power to light the menorah inside? What gave them the power to accomplish what the menorah needs to accomplish in terms of its inside type holiness and power and depth, it's because of it's because 
the candle, so to speak, spiritually were being lit in the courtyards. It's the people in the courtyards who were connecting, who were celebrating, who were coming back to Hashem, who were returning and reconnecting to Hashem in a very deep level that gave the koyach to light the menorah inside the heichal, inside the... Alright, so that's, uh, that's another little slide. But I want to share with you an explanation from the Labavitcher Rebbe, a chidush. And through this chidush, a reinterpretation of what actually this Alanisim is referring to. He's able to pursue a whole concept to do with Hanukkah, which highlights the essence of what Hanukkah is all about. And he says the following. He says, actually, he, 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 he highlights the following fact, that the two miracles of Hanukkah, meaning the military, the military, um, the military miracle of Hanukkah, and the miracle of the candles are always kept very separate. So for example, in the Gemara, in the Gemara, it asks the question, as I said before, my Hanukkah, what is Hanukkah? Right? What is Hanukkah? Oops. And the Gemara goes on to explain what Hanukkah is, and it really only talks about the miracle of the oil. It says when they came back from the war. It doesn't say the war is a miracle. It only talks about the miracle of the oil. That's what it takes over there. Conversely, in this paragraph, Alanisim, right? It talks mainly about the military miracle. Says the Rebbe, in fact, more than that. He submits that this paragraph only talks about the military miracle. It doesn't make mention at all of the miracle of the oil. And therefore he says which will answer all the questions, he says this phrase, that they lit candles in the courtyard, has nothing to do with the miracle of the menorah. And it's not even talking about the menorah. What is it talking about? So again, in context, he says this paragraph is only talking about the war. They came back and of course when they win a war in such an amazing way, in a military, in a military victory way, in a miracle, in a miraculous way, you have to give thanks to Hashem because you have to give thanks to Hashem for every single miracle. We know that in the Jewish tradition, when people celebrate, even till today, they light candles. When you have a bris, people light candles. We have a wedding, people light candles. We find in the Beis Hamikdash when they would celebrate the Simchas Beis Hashoeva, the amazing Simcha, the celebration that used to take place every single night of Sukkot. In the Beis Hamikdash, one of the big things the Gemara describes in that Simcha is the lighting of amazingly strong and powerful candelabras which were placed in the courtyards of the Beis Hamikdash, which then used to illuminate the whole of the old city, the whole of Yerushalayim, it says. Right? When was it, where was it lit in the courtyards? There's nothing to do with the menorah. It was just lots of candles for the purpose of celebration or whatever they were celebrating. Therefore, he says, this paragraph, Allah Nisim, is not talking about the menorah. The menorah is a separate miracle. This is talking about the military victory, the miraculous victory they had in the war. They came back, they wanted to celebrate, they wanted to re-clean up the base of Migdosh, they wanted to celebrate. How did they celebrate? They set up candles in the courtyards in the places where they were celebrating. And that's why it says in the courtyards. 
plural, courtyards. There wasn't only one courtyard. If this parag- if this line would be talking about the menorah, then it would have to say bachatzar in the courtyard. One courtyard. Only put the- Even if they took out the menorah into one place, it was only one courtyard. But if here it's not talking about the menorah, it's talking about just candles of celebration. And therefore, candles of celebration was everywhere. In, in Ezra's Noshim and Ezra's Anoshim, in this courtyard and that courtyard, whichever courtyards were available, they would put candles because they wanted to celebrate. <coughs> and they celebrated in the way where they established the, the Yontav of Hanukkah. So, in fact, that's why it's not a problem that they lit candles in the courtyard because not even talking about the menorah. The menorah, of course, when it was lit, which is a separate miracle, was lit inside, and you had the miracle of the oil lasting eight days. But that's not mentioned in this paragraph that Al Hanissim is only about the military victory. Alright, that's a very nice answer and it gives the it gives clarity to what this phrase actually means. However, the obvious question is, right? The obvious question is that's true. Why not? Why isn't the miracle of Hanukkah of the menorah mentioned there? And the opposite question is, why in the Gemara, when the Gemara asks the question, My Hanukkah, what is Hanukkah? There only it only talks about the the miracle of the oil. So the Bavitcher Rebbe here in this talk goes through the following explanation and says the following. Because, again, the question is twofold. Why al doesn't mention the miracle of the oil? And even more problematic is why when the Gemara asks the question what is Hanukkah, the Gemara doesn't give it even a quick mention of the military victory. Bearing in mind, of course, that even if we were to say, which we will say in a minute, that the miracle of the oil represents what Hanukkah is all about more, but don't forget, the miracle of the oil was only made possible through the victory. In other words, they wouldn't even get to the base of Mikdosh if not for winning the war. So obviously, the, the military victory, the miraculous military victory that happened on Hanukkah time is important. In fact, it led to what well, might have been a greater miracle, but it led to the miracle of the oil. So why doesn't the Gemara give it even a mention? And then, of course, we have the opposite question. Why al-Nissim, we talk about the military victory, don't we give a question to the, don't we even give a mention to the, to the miracle of the oil? So the answer is, by understanding the essence of the miracle of Hanukkah. We know that one of the, the focuses of the Yontav of Hanukkah is the fact that the salvation was purely spiritual. In other words, although there was oppression, although there was punishment and consequences, physical persecution that happened around the time of the Hanukkah, but that's not the essence of what Hanukkah is about. All different, different even to Pesach. Every Yom Tov, of course, has a very strong spiritual slant to it. But often in most festivals, most salvations that we, that we celebrate, the salvation has to do with the physical existence of the Jewish people. Purim, for example. Right? That's why Purim has a tremendous physical focus in terms of its celebration. We have to eat a meal, we have to give food and so on. Why? 
Because obviously the Purim miracle obviously has to do with the spiritual aspect of the Jewish connection. Obviously it has to do with the essence of the Jewish nation. But it's got, it manifests itself in the very existence of the Jewish people. The physical existence of the Jewish people. Not so much Hanukkah. Not at all Hanukkah in fact. Yes, Hanukkah had a physical aspect of it in terms of its persecution and slavery and foreign sovereignty and so on and so forth. But the essence of the Hanukkah was about spirituality. That's what it was about. In fact, let's just break this down. We know the famous concept that the war at the Hanukkah time was about assimilation, was about Greek culture. And the Greek culture primarily was about taking God and spirituality out of the equation of Judaism. So that's why there was the very big push to build sports stadiums which serve the body. A very big push to assimilate the Jewish people. But if you take a a very big push to remove mitzvahs, because mitzvahs is about the spiritual connection between the people and Hashem. However, we know it goes a lot further than that. Because it wasn't even about mitzvahs. It's brought down in many places. That we, we, we say in Alanistim, in fact, I'm going to bring back the screen so you can actually have a look at the actual language. Right. It's over here, see? It says, the, the Greeks came, the Greeks stood up. Right? The Greeks came to make the people forget your Torah and to take them away mechukeiretzeinecha. I want to show you something. To take them away, it doesn't say from the mitzvahs, it says from the statutes, from the chukim of your will. Let's break this down. We know the Greeks were incredibly cultured people. They were incredibly academic people. They had respect for academia. They had respect for culture. But they had no respect for God. And no subservience to God. And therefore we are taught that when they came and they oppressed the Jewish people, it wasn't even about getting them to give up Yiddishkeit. They had no problem with Jews continuing to pursue the academia of Torah. And they had no problem in Jews continuing to pursue even mitzvah observance, but in a cultural context, as culture, as beauty, as ritual. But what they opposed was the godliness of it. So how does that, how does that manifest itself? So it's, it doesn't say, they wanted to make them forget the Torah, it was the one to take them away from academic study. No, not at all. They wanted them to make them forget that it's your Torah. They wanted to take the divinity out of Torah. See, Torah has a two thing. Torah has two parts to it. Torah is academic, but it's not human academic. It's it's spiritual. It's divine academia. It's divine intellect. We learn Torah not to be smart. We learn Torah to connect to Hashem, which we do through understanding the smartness and the wisdom and the depth of Torah being Hashem's wisdom. When we learn Torah, we need to always remember that it's it's about connecting to God. It's not about being clever. It's not about learning a subject. It's not about it's not about challenging the intellectual part of Torah. It's about sub- submitting to the academia of Hashem, the intellect of Hashem, the wisdom of God. And that's what the Greeks wanted to do. They wanted to take the spirituality out of the Torah. The academia of Torah, am I living? 
But it's we want them to forget that it's your Torah, that it's a Torah that connects them to an infinite God. That's what they wanted. Secondly, they want them to stop doing mitzvahs. But you know, mitzvahs are divided into three parts. We know mishpatim, edus, and chukim. Chukim are those mitzvahs which we do that don't make any sense, that are irrational. Why do we do them? Because of our subservience to God who knows better. In other words, like this. Even the mitzvahs which have reason, every mitzvah has an aspect of chukim to it. Every mitzvah has a divine aspect to it. The, every mitzvah has parts that don't make sense, which means just because we keep because Hashem said so. So they had no problem in Jews keeping mitzvahs. You want to have cultural symbols, you want to have cultural holidays, not a problem. But don't do things that are irrational just because God said so. They wanted the Yidin to go away from the chukim of mitzvahs, from that divine part of mitzvahs. In other words, what was Hanukkah all about? What was the war of the Greeks at its very essence? Was to attack the soul of Jewishness. Not the physical existence of Jewishness, but the soul of Jewishness. The spirituality of Jewishness. They wanted to take the ruchness, the spirituality, the spiritual aspect away from our existence. That's what Hanukkah is all about. And therefore the essence of Hanukkah, to restore the ruchness, to restore the subservience to God, to restore the divinity of Yiddishkeit, the soul of Yiddishkeit, yes, came through the war, but that's not what Hanukkah is about. Hanukkah, the essence of Hanukkah, it includes a military victory. It includes a physical salvation. But that's not what Hanukkah is. The essence of Hanukkah is about spirituality. It's about recognizing the godliness in everything that we do. You know, and that's such an important lesson to us. Because we can do mitzvahs sometimes, we can learn Torah, and we can do exactly the same as the Greeks wanted us to do. We can forget about the divinity of the Torah. We forget why we do the Torah. We can do mitzvahs and observe them like cultural symbols. We can learn Torah, but learn it as an academic subject. We can exist as Jews, but we can miss the spiritual, miss the godliness of it. And that's what Hanukkah is all about, to, to restore that. Which explains, obviously, a very simple thing. It explains why the celebration of Hanukkah is not through eating, as most Yom Tovim are. I mean, of course we eat, because we eat donuts and latkes, but... It's no mitzvah to eat a su'udah, for example, right? How do we celebrate Hanukkah? We celebrate Hanukkah through lighting candles. Not just because the miracle happened to the menorah. Because that itself has to be understood. If the whole war was against spirituality, so how come it evolved that the whole miracle of Hanukkah surrounds the menorah? And the reason is because if we're looking for something to do, something to observe, if you're looking for a ritual, right? If you're looking for a ritual to observe, in the physical world, because we are physical people, but that will have the most spiritual significance, we go for light, for fire, candles, flames. Because flames are the least tangible within the physical world. Flames represent the soul. We know the Neshama is called, Torah is called Torah oil, Torah of light. The Neshama is called Kineir Mitzvah, uh, 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 um, sorry, the, the Neshama is called Neir Hashem, the candle of God, right? The candle of God is the neshama of the person. In other words, what is ruchnis? What is spiritual? First of all, it's not tangible. Second of all, ruchnis, spirituality, is what illuminates the physical world. It's the soul of what is physical. It's the depth behind the superficial. 
And that's why we don't celebrate Hanukkah through something tangible and physical. We celebrate Hanukkah specifically. Not only we celebrate Hanukkah, but the whole miracle happened through candles, through flames. That's why when the Gemara says, My Hanukkah, the Gemara says, What's Hanukkah? The Gemara doesn't give the military victory. Because that would take away from what the essence of Hanukkah is. The Gemara wants to highlight that the essence of Hanukkah is about seeking spirituality. It's about taking our focus away from the material, taking our focus away from the physical, taking our focus away from the superficial and looking for the God in everything, for the godliness in everything. Even though the military victory was necessary, even though the military victory was what keeps us alive. And of course, Hashem wants us to be alive. He wants us to look for spirituality within a body, within the physical world. But if we would start talking about the greatness of the military victory, it would detract. It would detract from the, from the essence of Hanukkah, which is the spiritual, which is the miracle of the candles. At the same time, we have to give thanks to Hashem for the military victory. We have to thank Hashem for the salvation. Of course, every time something good happens to us, whether it's physical or spiritual, we need to thank Hashem. Particularly a miracle, particularly a salvation. So there was a, a physical salvation. Of course, we have to give thanks to Hashem, which is why we say Allah Nisim, but we keep it separate. Why? Because if in the Allah Nisim we would start talking about the Menorah, the Menorah would be then the essence of Hanukkah, and that would in turn detract from the physical salvation. So if we want to spend a few moments giving thanks to Hashem for the physical, for the physical salvation, we've got to keep it separate. Otherwise, it'll be diluted and overpowered and overwhelmed by the essence of Hanukkah, which is the spiritual. And that's why we don't even talk about the Menorah and Anisim. And that's why he holds that the, the phrase, they lit candles in the courtyards of the Beis Amigdosh has nothing to do with the Menorah because it's not talking about the Menorah, it's talking about simply a celebration for the military victory. And then at the same time, when the Gemara asks the question, what is Hanukkah? In other words, what's the essence of Hanukkah? It's the miracle of the Menorah and nothing else because that's the, that's the spirituality of Hanukkah. And of course, the lesson of that is very simple. The lesson is that we all have the ability on Hanukkah to connect to the Hanukkah lights. We all have, connect, we all have the ability, as the Badichev has said, to understand that the miracle of Hanukkah re-happens every year. That the energy, the depth, the connection of Hanukkah takes place every single year. But what does it mean it takes place every single year? You know, I mentioned this many, many times. The previous Lubavitcher Rebbe used to say that when you sit by the Hanukkah candles, and you've got to listen carefully to the story that the Hanukkah candles tell. And the story that the Hanukkah candles tell it is that, of course, we do mitzvahs in the physical world. We do mitzvahs through the physical world. But we have to always remember the message of Hanukkah is that what is primary in our lives has to be spiritual pursuit. The physicality of the world has to take a back step, has to take a secondary, a secondary uh, uh, role. But what should be primary in our life is spiritual pursuit. The aspiration to live a spiritual life, to bring God into everything that we do to find the soul, to find the light, to find the Kedusha, the holiness, the spirituality, and the divinity in everything that we do. And that's the essence of Hanukkah. And that's the essence of the miracle of Hanukkah and the, and the, the mitzvah of lighting candles. Of course, we also thank Hashem for the military victory because otherwise we couldn't serve Hashem in this world. And the whole point is to find the spiritual in this world, as we know. That's why we have to say Al-Nissim, but Al-Nissim focuses only on that part of the miracle and we keep them separate. So that's just an idea of Hanukkah, which I thought I would share with you. I'm going to finish a bit early today, if you don't mind. 
and wish everyone a very good day.